Ladies and gentlemen, Neil Young. First things first, I'm the realist. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down Like I'm giving lessons in physics I'm so fancy You already know I'm in the fast lane Welcome back, suckas. We're back for another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucka.com. I am your host, as always, Jeremy Brand. I have the plan this week. We have two fantastic guests for your listening pleasure today. Uh, We've got a past guest that came on the show numerous times during the inception of MMA Sucker Radio back in the day, and a new guy who's about to make his octagon return this Saturday night. Uh, But before we get into that, let's just talk Nevada State Athletic Commission. Man, they came down hard. Uh, John Jones, Daniel Cormier picking up some uh, community service. A bit of a fine, actually a pretty big fine, but the man who they handed down the law to, Vanderlei Silva, getting a lifetime ban in the state of Ath- in the state of Nevada. Uh, forgive me there. Uh, they they basically called his bluff. They said, you know, we don't believe that you're gonna stay retired. And wow, my goodness, I cannot believe a lifetime ban. So what happens next with Vanderlei? Who knows? I've heard many people say they think that he could possibly go over to one FC over in Asia, which would be cool because that would be the return to his sort of homeland where he could utilize his head stomps and uh, head kicks to a downed opponent. So we'll see. How about you guys let us know over at MMASucker.com, either in the comment section or over at facebook.com forward slash MMA Sucker, and let us know where you think Vanderlei Silva will end up next. Uh, this is fight week, as I said. I did not say, actually. This is fight week, UFC 178, this Saturday night. Uh, main event is Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson putting his flyweight title on the line against Chris Carriasso. In the co-main event, we have Eddie Alvarez making his octagon debut against Donald the Cowboy Cerrone, which is going to be a slugfest. Dustin Poirier looks to make waves against Conor McGregor, who comes into this. You know, this guy is so flamboyant. The UFC seems to love him. Fans either love him or hate him, but they want to watch him fight. And the list goes on. This is a stacked card with our first guest, Dominic the Dominator Cruz, being on the preliminary card. My goodness. We'll get to him in a little bit. Um, My second guest, as I said, is a guy who has been on the show. He helped us launch MMA Sucker Radio back in the day. He came on numerous times. His name is Daniel Ninja Roberts, and he'll be joining us in a little bit as well. But kicking things off, we have a new segment, and we're going to get to that right now. Budweiser? Coors Light? Kokanee? Not a chance. We're not talking about those watered-down beers. This is the latest edition of Fight Boozin, here on Sucker Radio. To get the full breakdown, head to MMASucker.com after the episode. 
everyone, it's me, Justin Pirro, here with a new segment here on Sucker Radio called Fight Boozin'. To make sure that you have the right booze for when you're watching the pay-per-views. And so, with that said, UFC 178 is upon us, headlined by Washington State native Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. And to go along with that, I've got a fine, fine beer from Elysian Breweries based out of Seattle, Washington. It is their pale ale collaboration with Sub Pop Records called Loser. The tagline is, corporate beer still sucks. Sorry, Donald Cerrone, but it does. Anyways, this lovely pale ale, 7% ABV, so if you chug it, it will likely knock you on your ass is, a, like I said, a collaboration between um, Elysian and Sub Pop Records, you know, the guys who first put out Nirvana and all that. And it's got a great mix of malts, and of course it's hopped with Sriracha Ace, one of my favorite hops, and finished with Crystal Hops. Now, of course, it's got a nice amber color to it. Now, it's got... No, it's not too bitter. It's got a nice blend with the hot, sorry, with the malts, including the so-called Carahel malt that Elysian sometimes uses. All in all, it's a fantastic beer, very Washington State, and you know it's got some bite to it, like Mighty Mouse. So when you're watching the champ take on Chris Cariasso at UFC 178. Grab yourself a loser from Elysian and enjoy. Until next month, keep calm and drink on. So what did you think? It wasn't Budweiser. It wasn't Coors Light. This ain't your mama's beer. But it was Fight Boozin' with Justin Pierrot, our unpopular opinions guy, has a new little segment for us. What'd you guys think? Let us know. As we said, check it out on MMASucker.com. You can see all the goods on MMASucker.com. Coming up now is a guy making his octagon return, long awaited, almost three years off this guy has had, and he will be taking on Takeya Mizugaki. It is the former UFC and WEC bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz, coming up right after this. This man is undefeated since 2007, however, hasn't seen cage action since 2011, Set to make his return to the Octagon this Saturday night at UFC 178. Please welcome the former UFC bantamweight champion, Dominic Cruz, to Sucker Radio. Dominic, thanks a bunch for joining me today, man. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> now, I understand you're very close to, obviously you're getting set for your weight cut. Um, it's a tiring time for you. You sound very relaxed. Just tell us these days leading up to the fight, what's going through your mind right now? Yeah, right now all I want to do is just... It's actually kind of nice because when you're thinking about your weight, it doesn't give you time to really think about much else. So um, I'm just trying to get my weight down, thinking about my next workout right now. I'm sitting here doing these interviews. After this, i got to go and check my weight. I haven't gotten to eat breakfast or anything yet, so I don't know if I'm going to get to eat breakfast yet because i got to see where my weight's at. Um, I'm looking at my half gallon of water and my gallon right next to it and thinking pretty soon I'm going to be down to half of that to a quarter of that. And all I'm thinking about is weight, man. <laughs> <laughs> how much, how much easier have... Getting my have, weight down and yeah, for I can sure. eat again. 
How much easier have these interviews gotten for you? I mean, you you were great at interviews before, but since becoming a part of Fox Sports and the analyst team, how much easier has it been speaking with the media and stuff? Uh, It's a lot easier. I kind of understand what you guys need. I kind of understand what you guys are doing, what you got, that kind of... um, material that you're looking for so it just makes it easier for on you guys and it makes it easier on me to understand why you sometimes there's silly questions asked (laughs) (laughs) yeah silly questions i mean i'm sure you've gotten the same old questions leading up to this fight how's the leg feeling how is rehab well we're not going to get to those Let's not look at the negative, but instead the positive. And and what was sort there of your go. your favorite? I like to hear <laughs> your favorite part of having the last three years or so off from fighting. My favorite part of say that one more time. What was sort of your favorite part of having the last three years off from fighting? I mean, was it was it the analysis yeah. and stuff like that, or was it just being able to do stuff other than going to training camp? No, the last three years off, I've definitely had to find different ways to you know enjoy life one of my favorite things to do has been you know i've been i mountain bike so much over this period of time because it didn't put a lot of wear and tear on my knees or my or my uh, skeletal structure it just kind of like builds my legs up builds my my glutes up my quads my hamstrings and uh you're still out in nature you still get an adrenaline rush when you're hauling butt down a mountain and you still get a grimy, grimy workout when you're mountain biking through 12 miles of mountains. In the day. You know, it's really tough. So I found a lot of peace mountain biking over this last few years, um, trying to get back in shape and get back in the cage. And also just trying to realize, you know, that I didn't need to fight to, to, to like, enjoy life. As crazy as that sounds, when I first hurt myself, like, all I wanted to do was fight and train and win. And I really didn't do anything else, didn't really see anything else. And losing that option really forced me to kind of open my mind up and do new things. And just having this time to really reflect on life has been really good. Do you feel like that reflection and and mountain biking, obviously, the Fox Sports thing, do you feel that knowing that the long layoff, do you think it's provided you with an exit strategy to move into that next stage of your life? Obviously, pre-speaking, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think that I just kind of set myself up with other options. And that takes a lot of pressure off of a fighter because, you know, when I was fighting before, I didn't have that option. And I was thinking, every single day I was thinking, I need to save every single penny and lock it away. I need to not buy anything because, you know, really, you got to save it because you never know what could happen in this sport. And I put all my eggs in one basket at that point in my career to where all I was was a, was a prize fighter. And each prize that I made, I needed to use it to the fullest. And um, now, over this period of time, I've given myself other options. I've uh, given myself a position on Fox. and Fox, Or I should say Fox gave me a position with them. And, <laughs> um, UFC uh, has kept me on the roster, and I'm able to get back in there and fight. So I had a couple other things that I can do, and it's been it's, it's taken a lot of pressure off me as a prize fighter. Now, this upcoming fight at UFC 178, you'll be taking on Takeya Mizugaki. Before we fight, talk the actual fight itself, how much pressure is it off your shoulders, I mean, other than the fact that it's your first fight back, to not have to deal with the countdown shows and all that stuff due to the fact that you're on the preliminary portion of the card? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that, um, because I was thinking about that while I've been here, like, man, 
I, you're going to give me, you're going to chop two rounds off this fight and you're going to give me an extra pound. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that alone right there feels like a gift. I'm just like, man, you're going to see a special fight on, on Saturday night because of that. And I'm looking forward to it. But then you add the fact of, yeah, I don't have the, the, the um, primetime show and all that. But really, to be honest, since I got here, I've had nothing but interviews and cameras in my face every second. So it re- that really hasn't changed too much. Um, I'm, I've been very, very busy since I got here out to Vegas and all last week. So it, all it is is it's a little bit less than maybe a title holder would have, but I still have a lot of uh, obligations, no question. Is it weird to know that you're fighting on the preliminary card? No, the prelims, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm going to be seen in 90 million-plus homes. The prelims is just a word. That's just a word that people equate to lower level, which it couldn't be more, you know, more false. Yeah. Uh, when you're seen in 90 million plus homes, how is that a prelim? That should that could be main event. That's more than a main event for 99% of MMA right now. We're on Fox. That's where the NFL is seen. That's where you know the biggest shows in the world are seen on. There's nothing preliminary about that. Prelims. It's just because that's how good the pay per view really is. I, I like that answer. I like that answer. Now, let me ask you this. UFC President Dana White said a few weeks back that if George St. Pierre were to return to the cage, he would have a hard time not giving him an immediate title shot. How does that make you feel being the champ, getting injured, and not having a shot at the gold right away? Dana gave me the option. He told me I could jump right back in there for a title shot. I tried it. I tried to jump right back in there for a title shot, and I blew my quad out. My quad ripped off the bone. I just wasn't ready for a five-round workload on my body after that long of a layoff. People don't understand that going from, you know, doing rehab into a five-round title fight, the type of wear and tear that goes into a five-round preparation camp to be in the type of shape that I need to be in for my style and my the way that I fight, it's a it's an insane insane amount of work that people can't even comprehend how much work goes into it. So, except other fighters. It's like going from, the best way I could equate it is going from 60 hours a week to 30 hours a week. That's the type of work difference that I'm talking about when you're getting ready in a camp. So I'm doing my 30 hours a uh, a week right now of work, and then I can jump right back into that 60 hours a a week pretty soon. I just got to go out there and showcase what I know I can do. Wow. Now Mizugaki himself is riding quite um, a little quiet winning streak himself at five fights, currently sitting at number five on the UFC rankings. I hate to say this, but do you feel that this is a make-or-break fight for you in this at this point in your career? No, I don't think so. I don't, you know, I, I can still fight no matter what. It's not like I'm, you know, I don't think I'm going to lose at all. So I think I'm going to go out there and do great. I know I am, but make or break I don't see I don't I don't even see where that would come from okay I don't know that would be media's uh viewpoint on it (laughs) fair enough if you get so you're saying you you feel like you're going to win this fight obviously um there's a lot of fans out there that see you're going to win this fight when you get the victory over Mizugaki is the title shot the next logical step for you then or would you want one more fight prior to that uh stepping inside the cage I think if you lined up every 135-pound fighter on earth right now on this question, every single fighter would say, 
yeah, after this fight, I deserve a title shot. Give me a title shot. Let me get one. Maybe. Or I mean, you're three and, three and a half years off, though, right? Or three or so years off. I mean, maybe you might want a second fight before getting in there for the title. No, I don't. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Good answer. Now, could could you see yourself getting inside the cage one more time before the end of this calendar year? Say that again? Could you see yourself getting back inside the octagon one more time before the the end of this calendar year? You know, um, I just really want to look at this fight, man. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I know I'm going to go out there and win, but... I'm fighting three rounds with a guy who's literally trying to rip the head off of my body. You really don't want to look past that, and I don't at all. So let me just focus on Vizagaki right now. And That's that question, and I'll answer it as many times as everybody wants. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, you say you talk strategy. Um, you're only looking at Mizugaki, obviously. How much do you feel uh, being an analyst? We spoke about being an analyst earlier. How much do you feel that that's helped with your your strategy and tactical side of fighting? Well, it's helped, but I think that the biggest reason why I've been successful in this sport is always is my brain has always worked that way, anyways. So that's why I was able to jump into that analyst role, and everybody's like, "Wow, he can." actually break down fights. This is amazing. I can't believe it. Well, I've been doing that on my own. That's what made me good at this sport in the first place, in my opinion. Is That's just the way my brain works naturally is I just break down things a different way. I look at the sport a little bit differently, and I don't really do much else other than fight. And I, Like I said before, I put all my eggs in one basket with this sport, and when you do that, when you focus 100% of your energy on something, anybody, you should be pretty good at it because that's all you're really doing. So... That's all I've been doing, breaking down fights, fighting myself. So I have no question that being out and doing this analyst stuff has helped and added to what I already did. But, um, you know, I've always looked at things from kind of a tactical view viewpoint anyways. Let's move away from this fight. I got two more questions for you before I let you go here, and then hopefully you can go eat. Um, okay. Your, your teammates at Alliance MMA had a fantastic outing last weekend. We saw... Johnny Case make his UFC debut after an eye injury and look tremendous in that outing. We saw Miles Jury just annihilate his opponent in something like 93 seconds or something. How proud were you of, of your teammates there? Oh, I was so proud of those guys. Man. Johnny Case went through a lot in this camp. He had a lot of problems, and I, I could relate to that guy, man. He, his eye, he was getting ready to fight, and then he had a torn retina. That's like those career-ending injuries that's scary that scares the daylights out of you as a fighter and all you you got a family and you have things to do and that that's like i can't even nobody would know the type of fear that that puts on a fighter uh more than if only another fighter could understand that and johnny case overcame that he went got the surgery stayed positive stayed in the gym came back to alliance trained his butt off had another issue that came up in his camp where he was a little bit hurt, had to sit out for a little while, still kept grinding through, and then he went out there and just annihilated that guy, slept him and then put a uh, or a, excuse me, a guillotine on him and put him to sleep in his home. There was a lot of odds that Johnny Case overcame in that fight. I'm real proud of him for that. Miles Jury, I was on him with I was on tough with him and I always knew that guy had something special. That's why I was always challenging that guy right off the bat. 
he didn't like it. He didn't always like what I had to say. He didn't always like the way that I put it. <laughs> but I was always real hard on Miles because I know what he's capable of. To watch him go out there and dismantle Gomi like that, it was a it was a, a fun thing for me to watch. And uh, I'm glad I've been able to be a part of that, that dude's story because he's he's an amazing athlete. And as long as he keeps believing in himself, I think he's going to take this all the way to the top. Amazing. Now, finally, before we let you go here, what's one thing that goes on off the air when you're on a UFC panel that would surprise people? Uh, what goes on off the air? Um, <laughs> you talking about on Fox? Yeah. Uh, probably the way that Daniel Cormier just eats. That guy just eats and <laughs> eats and eats. And I don't know if that surprises anybody, but man, I tell that guy, I'm like, yo, relax, man. Take a, take a breath. You know, you, you don't gotta like just keep eating food and not breathing. You, you gotta get back on. It might be something in your teeth. Relax a little bit. Are you surprised that he made the 205-pound weight limit then? <laughs> no. <laughs> the guy's an Olympian. He can do whatever he wants to do. If he puts his mind to something, anybody who's an Olympian, if they put their mind to something, they get it done. It's a it's a breed. That's a, that's a, that's a mindset and a, something in him that's just unbreakable to become somebody at that stature of competition level. The, the only thing that somebody like Daniel Cormier has to do is put their mind to it. Daniel Cormier wants to be 135 pounds, and he really puts his mind to it. I'll be looking across the little chunky guy in no time. <laughs> he is Dominic Cruz. He's said to make his long-awaited UFC return this Saturday night against Takea Mizugaki. Dominic, thanks a bunch for taking the time out today, man, and good luck in your hunt for gold. Hopefully you get to eat before uh, going back to training. Thanks. Appreciate it. I am so excited to see Dominic Cruz back in the cage. I am a huge fan. This guy puts on exciting fights. This guy puts on fight of the night performances. And against Takea Mizugaki, we're in for a show. So I'm extremely excited. It was cool to talk to him. And it's it, it's always cool to talk to my next guest, Daniel Ninja Roberts, coming up right after this. We are excited to welcome back one of our regular guests from back in the day. Please welcome Daniel Ninja Roberts to Sucker Radio. Hey, Daniel, man, it's good to have you back on the show, buddy. Well, thanks for having me on. For sure. Now, as I said, it's been a while since uh, we've had you on the show. We had you on a bunch in the past. You were one of our original guests, I believe. Um, since leaving the UFC, you fought for a few different regional promotions. Um, has it? Have you had a tough time finding fights? Um, not really. For the most part, I mean, I, I find fights, um, and just, it's just like with these lo- local promotion shows, like some fights get canceled, and it's just like, you know, it's just a lot of it's a lot more structure of the bigger organization. So that's kind of how things are. Now, um, the one bout that I wanted to talk to you about um, specifically was. Your 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 only loss since leaving the UFC at War MMA last June against uh, Justin Baseman. I thought I'd ask this because to me it was it was what initially popped into my head after that bout. Did you overlook this guy as an opponent? No, I didn't overlook him. Um, I just um, you know, to be honest, I looked at the fight and you know, I, I honestly I think I did more in the first round than he did. He just finished good. 
And um, the judges, that's what they see, the last thing, like, the end of the round. So, you know, I see why they gave him uh, that first round. And, you know, I think he won the second round. I think I won the third. But, um, you know, I didn't overlook him. I thought I won the fight, and I still think I won the fight. Just because three other, just because some judges say I didn't win it, that doesn't mean I didn't win. So, uh, here was it. But do you think on paper that if you had gotten that win and were on a four-fight winning streak, that this next upcoming fight would be back inside the octagon? Oh, probably, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I hate thinking when this fell, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you know, it was a lot of stuff that I didn't really like about that fight. For one, I really didn't like that it wasn't in a cage, and I didn't, I didn't know that until like a few weeks. But it was, but it was your buddies throwing. It was your buddies throwing the fight. Yeah, that's that's the only reason why I fought. You know, you know but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> now, is that your but ultimate? Man, is that your ultimate goal to get back to the UFC? Then, um, sure, that would be nice. And like I said, I don't want to get back to the UFC. But I mean, you know, uh, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't I mean, I'm, I'm not, that's not my you know main goal in life. You know, of course, it would be good. To, fight in the UFC again. I mean, I know I'm just as talented as um, a lot of guys in the UFC, but, you know, with the UFC, I mean, I mean, they cut Jake Shields, and he's one of the best 170-pounders, you know, in the world. So, UFC is not all about the top fighters anymore. It's about, you know, I guess who they want fighting. So. I think it's more about, it's almost a regional thing for them now, where they can they can market guys to the to the regional promotions because they have so many of these fight pass cards. It's it's guys like overseas yeah. that they, they can market a little more. Yeah, that's true. Now, in May you fought for Titan FC. Um, your upcoming bout is at Legacy FC. You got the victory with Titan. How come you're not fighting for them again? Um, well, I, I guess uh, Legacy offered me a fight and I just took it. I mean, that was the one fight... That's a flower. The one idea with Titan. So, I don't really try to stand like you know contract. I mean, if it's like a big league, of course, like the UFC, obviously I would I would stay you know on a contract. But um, other local uh, shows are usually just do one fight deal. You consider Legacy FC and Titan FC just the uh, local regional shows then? Well, I mean, um, I'm not putting them down, but they're definitely <laughs> not the UFC. So um, I mean, I'm definitely happy to be fighting. The legacy, uh, I think it's probably like maybe the third biggest organization. So yeah, it's definitely cool to fight for legacy. Now this upcoming bout at Legacy FC 35 is a de- against Derek Krantz, who's a veteran of the sport, much like yourself. What do you know about this guy? Um, well, I know he's um he's kind of like a wrestler guy, and um he <laughs> he's a pretty well-rounded guy. I mean, he looks pretty tough, so. Yeah, it should be a good fight. <laughs> um, how was how, how's training camp been going um, for this guy? Obviously, you've been uh, training hard. You've had a lot of time to prepare for him. How do you see yourself finishing Mr. Krantz in this fight at Legacy FC? Uh, submission. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty Stri- good at submissions. I, I know he's a, a wrestler, and uh, I don't know if he, if he wants to... Jiu Jitsu with me, that's fine. If you think he, if you think he can um, <laughs> hang on the ground with me, that's, that'd be cool. <laughs> he, he has a style that plays right into me, so like, if he wants to wrestle with me, that's, that'll be cool. Yeah. 
Now, I spoke to you yesterday, and you said you're already in Oklahoma. You've obviously been training there I, this week. Actually, uh, I live here. We haven't talked in a while. What's that? I, I, actually, I live here. We haven't talked in a while. Oh, no kidding. You're living there now. So, where, yeah. Who, who, yeah, yeah. who are you training with, and uh, how's that going in Oklahoma? Um, uh, uh, real tough guy coming up, Andrew Todd Hunter, um, Gerald Harris, um, yeah, Todd Hunter, he's actually fighting on the card as well. Yeah, he's a really tough guy. So, so are you no longer affiliated yeah, with Caesar Gracie? Um, well, I, I am. I go out there. I actually, I was out there in San Francisco like a month ago. But um, I have a I have a daughter that lives here, and um, I kind of moved back here to be in her life. So, I mean, you know, that's the most important thing is my daughter. So. Uh, it was tough kind of leaving out there because of the training camp. And, but, um, I mean, my daughter, that's, that's my whole world, so I had to move back home. So if people are to tune into this fight um, on Friday night at Legacy FC, um, what what can they be looking forward to when they see Daniel Ninja Robert step inside the cage? I'm just looking for the finish. You know, my last fight, I wasn't really um, impressed with myself. It's almost like I'm coming off the loss because, you know, I, I felt like I could have did a lot better, and um, I didn't really leave everything out there like I normally do. Because my, my goal in a fight is to be completely exhausted. You know, no matter how good a shape I am, I want to barely be able to stand. That means I left nothing left in the cage. So, yeah, that, that's my goal always when I fight. Now it was announced this week that your your old training partner Nate Diaz will be stepping back inside the octagon against Rafael dos Anjos. We know there was a bit of a contract dispute with, between him and the UFC, but how much do you think he was itching to get back in there and scrapping? I mean, this is a huge fight against dos Anjos. Yeah, um, well, I think Nate was looking for the right fight, um, so um, I think that's one of the reasons why he just wasn't um, taking fights. So, but yeah, I definitely know he. Um, Loves to train. I um, mean, he's he's still training. He always trains, and uh, he's one of those guys that just. I mean, I love training too, but like this guy's he's a freak. I mean, so yeah, he, he's um he's definitely gonna be in shape. So yeah, I can't wait for that fight. Do you think we will see Nick Diaz versus Anderson Silva? Yeah, I think um all the issues um play out. Yeah, this was in January, so you got you got some time. All right. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. That, that'll be a fight I'd love to see because no. they, they both have similar styles, so yeah. No kidding. Now, finally, before we let you go, one of my favorite things that happened on Sucker Radio back in the day, MMA Sucker Radio actually back then, and one of the most awkward moments at the same time was when we brought yourself and Shandella Powell on the show together <laughs> and tried to sort of hook something up there. Nothing came of it. Have you spoken to her at all since that? I know she's no longer uh, within the sport of MMA. She's actually living in the Bahamas or Barbados or something like that now. No, I haven't talked to her, um, but uh, I guess if she's listening, um, holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> he is Daniel Ninja Roberts. He's taking on Derek Kranz at Legacy FC 35 this Friday night. Thanks a bunch for doing this, man. It's been awesome chatting with you back on the show again. How can people get a hold of you in the social media universe? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Roberts. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, so uh, my website is ninjaroberts.com. 
And um, thanks for thank um I want to thank all my sponsors, Discount Sports Nutrition, uh, Cronies, uh, a couple other guys. Feel a fight, um, where, and just everybody, all my fans that support me and um want me ready Friday. Thanks a bunch, Daniel, and good luck this Friday, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you, as always, to Daniel Ninja Roberts for joining the show. It's been a couple years since we've had him on. I'm glad to have him back. Thank you to my other guest, Dominic, the Dominator Cruz, for joining the show today, as well as Justin Piro for his fight boozing segment over uh, on the show and on MMASucker.com as well. Thank you to my sponsor, Onnit. Head on over to Onnit.com and enter in the promo code MMASucker. For 10% off your entire purchase, you can get everything from Alpha Brain to Kettlebells to Zombie Bells to these new Legend Bells which have werewolves on them. These things are tremendous. Um, I'm taking T-Plus right now, which is their testosterone replacement. Well, not replacement, but their testosterone booster, which boosts internal testosterone already in your body. It's not going to get you all jacked up or whatever. Um, I've taken the the previous original formula of... uh, T plus and I gotta tell you this stuff that they've they've got out now is one better so I'll just you know I'll leave it at that head on over to onnit.com enter in the promo code MMASucka and you'll get the goods follow MMASucka on Facebook follow us on Twitter um, and with that I'm out big right hand oh, look at him finish the fight one punch knockout that's just nasty he's in big trouble Fire away oh. he tagged him again big shot he's hurt hit him there's not a man alive that can be me. Oh my god. Unbelievable! I am so fired up for this fight. Somebody is going to get rocked.